This is Tom Fox. I'd like to welcome you to The Night Sky, a podcast on the eclipses coming to Kerrville. Over the next 18 months, Kerrville will be the eclipse capital of the world. The first eclipse will be an annular solar eclipse on October 14, 2023, with a total solar eclipse taking place on April 8, 2024. 2023 annular eclipse will be a partial eclipse that will create a ring of fire around the sun. The second will be a total eclipse where full darkness occurs. This podcast, hosted by Andrew Gay and Tom Fox, will celebrate these two eclipses and discuss how the town of Kerrville will prepare for an influx of a quarter million or more visitors, as well as celebrating the dark skies. In this episode, Andrew Gay and myself visit with Karen Taylor, the Executive Director of the West Kerr County Chamber of Commerce, and we discuss the impact of the two eclipses coming to Kerr County, not simply Kerrville. Kerr County is one of the largest counties of Texas, and we anticipate 150,000 people in Kerr County. Karen Taylor tells us what to expect. In this episode, we visit with Loretta Hidalgo Whitesides, the Eclipse Evangelist. You will enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode of The Night Sky, a podcast about the eclipses coming to Kerrville. Today, we're thrilled to have Loretta Hidalgo Whitesides. Andrew and I met her when she, this past week when she was on the lead, and we asked her if she would come tell her story for this podcast, and she graciously agreed. So, Loretta, first of all, thank you so much for visiting with us today. My pleasure. We, we are almost one year out from the first of two eclipses. So what is your role in the eclipse? How are you evangelizing it, and what brought you to Kerrville? <laughs> well, I love eclipses. I got to see the, have the privilege of seeing my first eclipse back in 2001 in Zambia, in Africa, and it was just amazing. And just had me in tears. It was so beautiful. I was so overwhelmed. It was an incredible experience. And so I got hooked and, and knew that the one was coming to the United States in 2017. So I went to that one and um, then started looking at where, where are we going to go in 2024? And, you know, having lived in Houston when I worked at NASA Johnson Space Center right out of school, you know, I was looking at Texas because that, that seemed like a good place for space people to go. And I saw that right where the center line crossed Interstate 10, which is where, you know, we come out from California, is Kerrville. And I thought, Kerrville? That's where Julie lives. <laughs> it's, and so I was excited because I, I actually had a connection to Kerrville. So one of my childhood friends, Julie Strackey, we went to summer camp together when we were teenagers. And so and we still go to summer camp together. <laughs> she drives out from Kerrville to California every summer to be with us. And so, and my whole camp is all, we all drove to our other friend's house in Oregon for the 2017 eclipse. And then cause she was on the center line in Oregon. And then, then we all found out that our other camp friend, Julie's on the center line in 2024. So it's, yeah, it's just a whole camp weekend all the way around. Could I ask you to step back and tell us about your academic background, where you grew up and what you did professionally before we get into your current gigs. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I grew up in Sonoma County, so Northern California, about an hour north of San Francisco, with redwood trees and wine country. And 
went to Stanford, studied, ast I was an astrobiologist looking at how do we grow plants on, in space, uh, like Mark Watney in, in The Martian, I got to grow my potatoes on Mars, and <laughs> went to Johnson Space Center after school, and then working with the, the medical astronauts and on space station hardware evaluations, and then went back to California and working in NASA Ames and then on to Caltech to start some graduate school work in uh, astrobiology. And what brought you to Kerrville for this trip? Well, this trip, it's we're coming up, this is the T-minus one year mark, April 8th. And so uh, I wanted to be here. I wanted to be boots on the ground and meeting people and getting the, getting the city excited because there's a lot of messaging out there like, oh, it's apocalyptic, you know, the traffic and the, everything's going to be terrible. And I'm like, no, no, wait a minute. No, this is going to be amazing. This is going to be life-changing. This is going to be awe-inspiring. This is going to be the one of the most powerful days of your life. And it's nothing to be afraid of. It's something to be excited about and looking forward to and inviting all your friends and family. for. Andrew? Okay, so you might have already covered this, but maybe expand just a little bit on What's the most exciting aspect of this event from your perspective? Yeah. So, Wait. and nobody, and people don't talk about, he was, oh. he's not recording. Yes, I am. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> edit. <laughs> you can edit that. Okay. 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 You're good. Go ahead. The most exciting part of the eclipse is the, is the experience. It's a very human experience. You'll hear a lot about the danger. You'll hear a lot about the science. But what I'm really excited to talk about, what I love to talk about, why I'm here, why I call myself an evangelist is because I I love to share with people how magical it is. So you'll be looking up at the sky and it takes about an hour for the moon to totally cover the sun. So it's this, you've seen, and we've all, all seen partial eclipses before because that sure. happened, you know, with the glasses, you saw the bite out of the sun. But what's totally different about being in this hundred mile ribbon in the middle of the United States, being in where this, this circular shadow of the moon is going to pass over us. And Kerr will be right in the middle of that circle, yeah. so that's why we get the most time in the shadow, is when the moon clicks into place, it'll go dark. And it'll be 1.30 in the afternoon, and the light sky is just going to go dark like it's nighttime. And the stars are going to come out. It's like an hour past sunset. It'll look like sunset in every direction. It'll be a, a sun setting sun colors. And it, the, the animals be confused, you know, they might go back, the cows might go back to the barn and the birds, you know, settle down for the night and, or, and, and what's interesting is that we'll actually be like overwhelmed our senses. It's so, the light is so different. The light is like nothing you've ever seen before. It's so eerie. It's so different. It's so novel. It's so unique. It's so magical that you're so present and like everything yesterday goes away, everything tomorrow goes away, and you're just here in this moment. And that's actually what's makes any moment magical, is just being fully present. And that's what the eclipse will do, It'll have you be right there overwhelmed. And I actually had a, you know, for me, I say it's like, it's the closest you can get to being in space with your feet still on the ground. I feel like these two, these disks that I mostly just ignore, suddenly get transformed into these massive celestial spheres. And I'm out in the solar system watching them align in the heavens. And I actually yeah. had a nine-year-old say to me, or say to his mom, wow, I didn't, I never realized how small I am. And so that's that idea. Like, 
getting our getting our place in, in the cosmos. I think you described that those kind of moments in your book is world two, right? Yes. Being present and and where everything time kind of stops and everything just seems to like you're only focused on what's happening right in front of you. So it's pretty powerful to hear you talk about that. So what I have one other question about how does the space community and your connections within the space community, the people you know, how do how are they responding to this event? Because obviously you're really excited about it. You know, you're here in Kerrville. We're ta- you're talking it up, you know, talking to us about it. But how do maybe some of your peers or colleagues in that community respond to that event? Oh, everyone's super excited about this. They're like, oh, where, where do we go to watch this eclipse, Lord? And I'm like, Kerrville, that's where you go. And it's incredible because we have, you know, Jeff Bezos's Blue Origin Space Company is in Texas and in West Texas and Van Horn. And so their closest center line is Kerrville. And Elon Musk has his SpaceX folks down in Boca Chica, and their closest center line is Kerrville. And NASA Johnson Space Center in Houston, their closest center line is Kerrville. So I'm really just been encouraging the whole community to come out, come out to the Hill Country and join us to watch this eclipse all together. So we've got Bill Nye coming, um, and I'm telling all the astronauts they got to be out here or, you know, somewhere, at least somewhere on the center line. Golly, Bill Nye. That is, that is extremely sentimental for me because I just I grew up watching him. I was of that era, you know, like that was great. Awesome. Tom, over to you, sir. So the, um, I've heard you talk about the Oregon eclipse. I heard you talk about the Zambia eclipse. There was, was there one in between? <laughs> there was one after the Idaho eclipse. That's where we were with Idaho. Most recently there was an eclipse in Antarctica and I really wanted to go to that. I thought, oh my gosh, an eclipse in Antarctica. I could kill two birds with one stone. This would be so cool. And so we moved heaven and earth and got lined up childcare and got flights to the southern tip of South America. And we were going to get on a boat and go down to see this in Antarctica. And we're all loaded up, got all our gear packed. We're ready to get on the boat. And there was just, there was just, it was last, it was a year and a half, a year and a half ago. And they were just, yeah, we just got to do a quick COVID test before you get on board. And of all, you know, hundreds of people who are boarding the ship, you know, they pulled me out of line and they're like, maybe we'll just do another test just to be safe. And yeah, I had COVID. So I I missed the boat. (laughs) So tell us about, is is each eclipse different? Was Zambia different than Oregon? Do you experience the same? Do you feel the same things? Could you really maybe help us understand what you felt? Such a great question because the Zambia eclipse blew my mind. It was so powerful and so amazing. And um, in 2017, I was watching it and I thought to myself, it doesn't feel as dark as Zambia. That's weird. And so I just sort of noticed that. And I went back and looked and started studying and learning more about eclipses. And I realized that eclipses vary, not just in the amount of time, but in um, the position of the moon. So our moon doesn't, it doesn't orbit in a perfect circle around the sun. It's an ellipse, like an oval. And so sometimes it's farther away and sometimes it's closer. And so um, when the moon is in front of the sun, it matters for that particular eclipse. So in 2017, the moon was a little bit farther away from the earth than it was in Zambia. It was, it was 103% coverage. So 
you know, we'll have the annular eclipse in October. That's when the moon is definitely too far away. It doesn't even cover the sun all the way. So it leaves this ring of sun around the edge, ring of fire, and that'll be our annular practice eclipse in October. But in 2017, it's a little bit closer. So it covered 103% of the sun. So it's close enough to cover the whole thing and then 3% more. This eclipse we're getting next year in Kerrville will match more what I saw in Africa. It's going to cover 105% of the sun. So it's going to be even closer to us and blocking more of the light. So I think it's going to get darker. And I know it's going to be longer because in 2017, uh, we got about two minutes and 17 seconds in Idaho, and where, just where we were relative to the center line. And the maximum was like two minutes and 27 seconds of anyone, anywhere. And here in Kerrville, we're going to get four minutes and 27 seconds. So we're going to get almost double or two minutes more than we got in 2017. So if people... If you know anyone who traveled to see it in 2017, you're like, oh, I know, but this one's going to be even better. you got to come. Um, I assume there was some point in your life where you fell in love with the stars. Uh, our first guest on this podcast series is an astrophysicist, and he talked about an eight-year-old boy whose teacher talked about the moons of Jupiter, and from that moment, he was looking into the sky. And so, my, and my parents are school teachers, so I'm always intrigued by uh, teaching and teachers. How can teachers and schools use this event to really excite a new generation of astrophysicists, astronauts, or anyone who wants to be in that community to really lead us into the middle and late 21st century? That is such a beautiful question, Tom. I love it. Yeah, I think a lot of these things happen... In our formative years, I mean, I know I went to Kennedy Space Center. I don't even remember going to Kennedy Space Center when I was five years old. But there's a picture of me sitting in the lunar rover, just beaming ear to ear, with holding all my space books that we just got at the gift shop. And clearly had a big impact on me. And I remember, yeah, in kindergarten, I have memories of the teacher putting an astronaut up on the bulletin board, a cutout. And if we could get all our letters uh, correct in kindergarten, we would get our school picture put in the faceplate of the astronaut. And I just remember being like, oh, I want, I want, to, I want my picture in that astronaut suit so bad. It's just like practicing my letters and stuff. So I, I think, you know, there's these young people are ripe and ready to be just be inspired by, by the cosmos. I, I know at our summer camp where I met Julie Strachey, we, you know, that's where I learned, fell in love with the stars and was shown, saw the Milky Way and had somebody teach me the constellations and where Vega is. And I, it, Dolphinus, just like the dolphin, I don't, just, just magical, magical stuff. So the teachers I'm really excited about getting engaged with the schools in this area and, and getting the young people excited and making sure they are equipped so that they can train, teach their parents what they need to be doing for this eclipse and wow them with their knowledge. I want to make some really fun presentations and videos that, that appeal to that age group that they can get their head around. Oh, oh, I just got some good ideas. Some YouTubers we need to get help from because they're really good at making science accessible and, and fun. Um, and yeah, getting these young people engaged and excited about well, what's possible. Andrew? Okay, so see if I can tie these two dots together. So keeping with that same line of line of thought, 
your book, which by the way, I mentioned it a second ago, but it's called The New Right Stuff, Using Space to Bring Out the Best in You. How do you think this event could unite us as a community or bring out the best in us as a community here in Kerrville? I mean, this is like my third or fourth trip to Kerrville in the last year because this is such, it so bowls me over this opportunity. And it's not lost on me how poignant this is. I mean, if you stop and think about it, next April, our country is going to be in the middle of uh, a presidential campaign, primary season, predictably going to be contentious. Um, And one of the things I love about space, one of the things I love about the sky is that it unites us and reminds us our place and and of the bigger picture and what we're doing this for. And so I think there's a real opportunity, especially with so many visitors coming from all over the world, all over the country, all over to, to here, to the heartland. Um, there's a great opportunity for human connection and healing. Uh, I got an opportunity at the library, the kickoff, city's kickoff on Saturday to meet local gentlemen and he asked me if, if we could talk politics, and I said, well, you know I'm from California, so if that's okay with you, I'm down. <laughs> and we had a really beautiful conversation, and we got we got to like meet an, somebody from outside our bubble and find out that they weren't so scary, and that we both really agreed on that we want the best for our future and for our country and for our kids. And I think there's um, a lot of opportunities to heal on that level, and there's also a lot of opportunities to heal on the personal level. like. You know, mending fences with some neighbors, reaching out to family members that you might be estranged from and be like, I'm sorry I said all that stuff years ago. I was stupid, but there's this eclipse coming and I'd love for you to come if you can. You know, it's out of our comfort zones and it's hard and it's uncomfortable, but forgiveness is powerful healing. And if we could do that, you know, that, that'll... You know, don't don't wait for a, a medical diagnosis or a car accident or a hurricane to get you to do stuff that you could do now. Tom, I want to ask you about your leadership training, Space Kind. But I have to start with this first question. It begins on May fourth. That cannot be a coincidence. <laughs> oh, oh heavens, no! <laughs> Tell us what May fourth is and why you're starting your training on May fourth. <laughs> Absolutely. May the 4th is Star Wars Day because it's a a pun on May the 4th be with you. The 4th of May. May So we decided I started SpaceCon training during COVID. It's right when we first started our first lockdown in 2020. And by May, I was like, oh, we should we need to do this to help all our people in lockdown. We could make this make our Zoom calls a little more interesting. So our Zoom cars are always a lot of fun. So people are really vulnerable and authentic and we let our hair down and we share what we're really struggling with and and people go on this hero's journey together just like and i we colloquially call it jedi training because we follow that hero's journey just like uh they do in the movie star wars and in many movies of course and it's a powerful opportunity to meet other people and connect on it at a deeper level and and use your passion for uh, the future and our, usually our future in space because we're all space people to to do these tough things that 
you know, we've been putting off, we put on the back party that nobody gives you a deadline to do, but could just save your life. And tell us about Yuri's night. Yeah, so amazingly, April 8th is also, this year is also Yuri's night. Really close. So, yeah, it's amazing to choose to be in Curl when I have my biggest event of the year on Saturday. <laughs> so I hosted uh, Yuri's, so I started the annual space holiday called Yuri's Night, and it celebrates the anniversary of the first human to go into space, Yuri Gagarin, and the anniversary of the first space shuttle flight, which both took place on April 12th, 20 years apart, 1961 and 1981. And when I found that out, when I got to Johnson Space Center, I thought, oh my God, what a ma- mystical coincidence because the shuttle wasn't supposed to launch on the 10th shuttle was supposed to launch on april so on the 12th it was supposed to launch on april 10th and they had a a software glitch and they had to do recodes and things and they ended up launching on the 12th but it made for this really cosmic alignment of our space anniversaries so we at yuri's night we used that as an opportunity to celebrate the power of space to bring the world together and in the 90s when i was working at johnson space center on the international space station and working with all these engineers in Texas, you know, learning learning Russian so they could go collaborate in, in Moscow and Strasvitsya. It was just a beautiful time because I grew up in the height of the Cold War and worried about nuclear weapons falling on our house and and seeing how far we'd come and how space had helped make that happen was something we wanted to celebrate and, and help continue. So that so we throw a big party under the space shuttle in LA and under the space shuttle in Florida this Saturday and next Saturday, or the 8th and the 15th of April. And we're going to have astronauts there like Jessica Watkins, who's an Artemis astronaut. She just got back from 170 days on the International Space Station and um, other, other astronauts as well as television personalities like Walter Kronig, who played Lieutenant Chekhov from the original Star Trek series, and Gates McFadden, who was Dr. Crusher on The Next Generation, and other actors from The Expanse and Orville and Space Force and all all our favorite shows. And and JPL will be there with the Mars helicopter, and we'll have meteorites you can hold, and DJs, and build a dance under the shuttle till midnight. So that's what we usually do on April 8th every year. But I've already told, warned my whole the whole space community that we're not doing events. We're not doing an event under the shuttle next year. We're, everyone's coming to Kerrville, so they are already under notice that that we're revectoring to Texas next year. That's exciting. I think that's the end of my line of questioning. If you got, unless you do, you want to talk about maybe your upcoming journey that's in the works from Virgin Galactic. Oh right, yeah. <laughs> So much going on. This is Tom Fox again. Oh, right. I forgot. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Night Skies. (laughs) If you are interested in eclipses or if you have an eclipse story to share, if you've lived through an eclipse, been through an eclipse, we'd love to have you on our podcast. So please give us a shout out. Super excited. You can email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. This podcast is a special production of the Texas Hill Country Podcast Network. If you've ever thought about starting your own podcast and you're in the Hill Country, I hope you will also give us a shout. We'd love to talk to you about coming on to the Texas Hill Country Podcast Network, the only podcast network for the Texas Hill Country and its surroundings. And experience the overview effect. Powerful experience of of being really present. Heard about that. And really getting your place in the cosmos. And 
and I've been saying I can't take 50 million people with me on this space flight, but I can incur- inspire 50 million people to all come be in the outside on the center line next year to see the eclipse and have the closest thing to a space flight with your feet on the ground. That's awesome. It's a great way to end this podcast. Yeah. Thank you, Loretta, for being here. We really appreciate your, your time. You're super busy. So thank you for making time for, for us to, to come and speak with us and share some of your experience and uh, outlook on the eclipse. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Night Skies. If you are interested in eclipses or if you have an eclipse story to share, if you've lived through an eclipse, been through an eclipse, we'd love to have you on our podcast. So please give us a shout out. You can email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. This podcast is a special production of the Texas Hill Country Podcast Network. If you've ever thought about starting your own podcast and you're in the Hill Country, I hope you will uh, also give us a shout. We'd love to talk to you about coming on to the Texas Hill Country Podcast Network, the only podcast network for the Texas Hill Country and its surroundings.